Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kirsty. Hey, Kim. You are one of my BFFs. Did you know that? Oh, well, you know you mean the world to me. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. Thank you. Well, speaking of the world, that makes me think of today's book, which is about our EFF. Earth Friend Forever, oh. written by the Brains On team of Molly Bloom, Mark Sanchez, and Sandin Totten, and illustrated by Mike Oradan. We're excited to talk to Molly, Mark, and Sandin about the creation of Earth Friends Forever. Let's get started. Let's start with your podcast, Brains On. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So our podcast, Brains On, is um, a science show where we answer kids' questions. So we get, you know, hundreds of questions from our listeners a week, and they're all over the world, and it's so inspiring to read all of them. And so um, we pick a question, and we answer it and go wherever that answer takes us. I host it, and we always have a kid co-host of the episode. It's often the kid who sent in the question. Um, and so we answer things by doing things like skitsplanations, we call them, where we, you know, anthropomorphize molecules and things like I love that it. to explain <laughs> tricky concepts. Sometimes we have music. Sometimes the kid co-host will interview a scientist. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun. We always have a mystery sound for kids to guess. So it's like a really fun, interactive way to learn some stuff. That's really cool. I love that you bring kids onto the podcast. What a great aspect it makes it really unique and special. And kids, kids these days love, you know, being online in some sort of way. And I guess a podcast would be considered that, right? So what a cool opportunity. Also, it's such a perfect kind of lead in to writing a picture book. Definitely. So where did you get the idea for Earth Friend Forever? We did an episode about this very topic, about plastic. We had a girl who had written to us. She was asking about microplastics and just wanted to know why we made so much plastic, what we could do about it. And so, you know, we did a lot of research and made that episode. And we were all just really astonished by how much our eyes were opened by that episode because 
we were looking around and it's like, oh yeah, plastic is everywhere. There are some good things about it, but there's a lot of downside to that too. And so we were talking with our editor, Sam at Little Brown and about some like possible ideas for the picture book. And we had mentioned that we did this episode and she was like, yes, that's, that's the one you guys should write. And so then we wrote it. But, but as far as the concept of the book, like mm-hmm. cause it's not just, you know, a book about plastic. It's a book about the earth writing a letter to a bunch of kids and saying, hey, I want your help with this problem. I don't remember the thing about working with like your two best friends, as I'm sure you all know, doing this podcast. I feel like the ideas kind of happen in all of our brains and at like different points and like it's hard to say like whose brain came up with it. I think we do a lot of like just shooting around ideas and chatting. And like, at some point we came up with this and we were like, we really like this idea, but yeah, I don't exactly remember how, cause we just like, there's so much brainstorming happening constantly and we're always goofing around and talking about stuff. And um, it's like the best part of this job. Oh, I know. Something is always sparking an idea for one of us. So it's like, even if, even if it's a throwaway line from Molly or Sandin, like I might grab it and run with it or or they might do the same or somebody else on our team honestly will do the same thing (laughs) we're constantly like in and out of google docs living there and editing each other did your editor approach you and say we'd love to have a book that's based on the podcast or how did that come about yeah so we partnered with little brown to make a series of books so we also in addition to this picture book we have two middle grade books One is called It's Alive, and that's all about biology, and another called Road Trip Earth that came out the same time as Earth Friend Forever. That's like a journey from the center of the Earth out to the outer atmosphere. And those are really great books. You know, those have like comics, mystery photos. It's like more text heavy. Like a graphic novel kind of? Yeah, there's some graphic novel elements, but there's like a lot of text. So, you know, there's, you know, it has a lot of jokes because that's our thing, um, but a lot of great information too. So, those are our middle grade books. Oh, how fun. Awesome. So can you give so us cool. a look into what the writing process was like for this particular story? Kind of like I was saying earlier, um, we do collaborate a lot on just Word documents or Google Docs. And so we will often, you know, brainstorm an idea and get it going there. And we've we've been doing the podcast for it's it, we're going into our 10th year now. So wow, that's we great. can definitely finish each other's sandwiches <laughs> coffee. coffee i was gonna say coffee. coffee that was the one yes but uh we're definitely like three halves of the same brain and i do mean three <laughs> <laughs> i mean because i'm brain think, and a half well i think i think we all sort of like when one person is is kind of brainstorming or, or talking or writing the other two can kind of are, are really the perfect backfill for that or can can fit in with that so we're we're definitely like one giant brain at this point yeah the voice of brains on is all three of our voices combined there's you know molly can often bring um she's really good at the structure and the format of things i think she might have taken the first pass on earth friend forever sort of laying it out so that we had the beats and then mark is really good at sort of like weird offbeat jokes and bringing in some just like really kind of surprising sort of bananas humor that is signature to brains on. And then I come through and I did like a polish and kind of added some of the more like lettery touches to it to kind of make it feel more like a conversation. So we all have like our strengths and luckily we're able to work in a way where like we each can bring our strengths and we don't mind when others edit us and take out our weak spots. So (laughs) um, (laughs) it's uh, we've, we've sort of done this long enough where our egos have just completely been demolished and we don't think about it anymore. So we kind of really work together. I think all of us took different passes. Usually what we do is one of us will write the first 
first draft and then say, it's terrible. Here, you take it. And the next person will say, oh, it's not that bad. It just needs this. And then they'll do a bunch of stuff to it. And then the third person is like, oh, it's so good. But it just needs a few more finishing touches. And then they'll do the thing. And then we'll be, you know, we'll be ready for the first edit from our editor who will say, yeah, this is almost there. But you need yeah. to do this and this and this. <laughs> right. And it just kind of so- goes like that. Would you say would you say it's challenging though to to work with three people or would you not want to write any other way? I think it's way easier to work with three people because you know it's almost like having a safety net, right? There are times where like I can I know I've almost got the idea but I don't quite have it and I could just get it out and then I don't have to have all that pressure on me to like figure it out. I can pass it to Molly or Mark and they'll be like, oh, I see what you're doing. Sometimes we'll even just write like insert joke here and see what the <laughs> other two come up with because like we, it's like sometimes Love your brains it. just hit the wall. But I know I have two other brains on backup if I need them, which is great. So I love writing as a trio. Would, yeah. you, would the others agree? Yes. <laughs> you kind of totally. have to, I guess, oh, right? Totally. <laughs> Maybe not like any other two people, but these two people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. In particular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So did you have any input on the illustrator selection for Mike Oradon? Yeah. Yeah. Our editor um, had a few illustrators in mind that she had, I think, worked with before and sent us samples of their work. And Mike's illustrations really popped out to us. They were so beautiful, but they had so much personality and we thought it would be just like a perfect fit for this book. So we were so excited when he agreed to work with us. And as podcast people, you know, we're not used to the visual side of things. So we have like vague ideas of like the earth <laughs> is talking to a child. <laughs> we're like, I don't know how that looks. And so <laughs> the way he was able to like make that work was so exciting to us. I, I think the illustrations are just gorgeous. They are. Yeah. They, they are beautiful. Are. They They've got are. this kind of like um, sort of Pixar sort of like, Yes. gentleness to them that I really like. And I think that was really important to us. We have another picture book coming out soon and it's more like uh, about, you know, it's more about like biology and stuff and the body and things like that. That one, the, we wanted the images to be kind of fun and surprising, but this one, I wanted the sort of gentleness that Mike was able to bring to it. The kind of, it's got a softness to the images. There's not a lot of hard edges. Everything feels kind of like in that magic uh, golden right. hour light. And I think part of that is because, you know, this is a difficult topic. We're talking about pollution. We're talking about climate change. We're talking about, you know, some of the ways in which we're, we as humans are harming the planet. And it's a tough conversation, but an important one. So I think the thing about Mike's drawings, not only are they fun and sort of whimsical, but they're very gentle and soothing. And I think it's the perfect balance to this kind of topic, which, you know, is, is can be anxiety producing. And I think, I hope that through our words and his pictures, we've managed to sort of bring it up in a way that feels kind of empowering rather than kind of you know, depressing. Oh, you definitely succeeded. And I love how expressive these illustrations are. It's just, it's lovely. What was the editing process like with your editor, Sam Gentry? Our editor is so great. And she edited our middle grade books as well. And she's just so good at helping us. Well, first of all, she told us how picture books are structured because we didn't really know. Um, so, you know, she gave us some good tips there. And then after reading it, you know, she was, you know, she was really making sure that we didn't sound too pedantic, which this book could easily sound, um, and making sure that it was really welcoming and that it had 
the personality that she knows that we're capable of. Um, and so she, every time I think every pass, her main note was like more personality, more jokes, more personality. <laughs> we're like, okay, okay, okay. And so that was really helpful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. This one was a little bit more of a challenge than our middle grade books. Cause those are just basically our podcast turned into a book. It was our voice and it's a little more mature. This one to have to really, you use in a picture book, so few words to explain your point. And that was tricky for us. Cause we, as, as, podcasters are used to just using any and all words we want we just dump them all out um but this one was really um about less is more and sam was able to help us get there i think our first draft was way over count and she was able to sort of point to things you don't need and to say simplify this and i think she was the one who had the idea to turn the moon into a character who kind of talks back to the earth um and things like that so she was able to sort of help us do more with less which is if you've ever tried to edit much harder than you than it sounds right definitely the personality is so present in this book the letter format I think really is adorable the EFF part of it where you know we all hear the BFF but now we have the EFF I think that's a huge cute little hook for kids was it always a letter Molly you, you were the one that kind of wrote the first draft is that how you would had always envisioned the book to be yeah, it was a letter from the beginning because I think we decided that was sort of like the most inviting way to deal with this topic. I think EFF yeah. came not in the first draft, but maybe like second or third. I don't remember. But yeah, but the letter format was there. Yeah, it came later because I remember at one point it was Planet Friend Forever, PFF. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we didn't. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't keep that, but somehow EFF stuck better. Yeah. They both work. So Definitely. cute. <laughs> Yeah, the other thing Sam helped us with a lot was the back matter of the book, where it's like mm -hmm. sort of the additional facts, because um, we wanted to make sure that was written in a really clear, concise way as well. It's also so really hard to choose what to yeah. put in the back matter, what to not put in the back matter, because there's yeah. so much. Yeah, so she really helped us on, like be like, this is what this is what we need to know, and that was great. <laughs> This is how we boil down this massive, massive topic into something kids can actually digest, which is super hard. But you guys have done an amazing job. The best book, they start conversations about important topics, even if they feel big and heavy. You know, books like this make it accessible for kids. And that is one of the most wonderful things about a picture book is that it can be bibliotherapeutic. I'm actually a therapist. And so I use <laughs> picture books in therapy, even with adults, you can use a picture book because it evokes discussion. It's safer, but you can read a story and then talk about it in a way that makes a huge difference in someone's life. And I love how this book helps kids just think about what they can do to make a change for the better, what they perhaps are doing that they shouldn't be doing. I love that. Yeah. Can I just say, first of all, the word bibliotherapeutic is now my favorite. I've never heard that. That's great. Um, oh, I, I say it, it all the time. It doesn't roll but, off the tongue so easily, but it's a great word. Bibliotherapeutic. I love it. There's a lot of little bumps there. It's kind of like riding yeah. down a street with a lot of puddles. Bibliotherapeutic. No, um, but I think you're totally right. And actually what you were saying, I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about a story. You know, if we presented the same information just as information, it can be kind of off-putting or even sort of like make you feel a little helpless. But there's something about a story. And I think what you probably know this from your therapy where it feels like it's like, this is just one way to look at it. 
we're not telling you what to do, but it's something to think about, you know, it's a way to think about this. Um, Stories just feel more inviting and also less kind of judgmental. And also you you get to make the choice. Here are some ways to think about it and then go home, ponder this, and then you decide what do you want to do? How do you want to treat the earth? Right, right. Yeah, because it's not prescriptive. It's a story. And every story we interpret a little bit, we bring ourselves to it, right? That was an important part for us writing Earth Friend Forever was, you know, we know this is a difficult topic, but we also know kids are really interested in the planet, ways to help it. We get all the time questions about climate change, about pollution, about garbage. So we know this is top of mind for kids. And I think walking that line of sort of showing them some ways to think about it and giving them that story where they can kind of like, you know, I think the most important part for us was not like the, here's how you fix the problem, but it's like, here's a relationship you can have with the planet. Think of it like your friend. And from there, you figure out all the different ways you want to treat that friend. But like you said, it's, it's that it's what you take away from it. You think about it and you make that choice. And I think for us, that framing of the letter, that was giving you the relationship and you decide how you want to go forward with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a really good approach. We just have one last question for each of you. Let's start with you, Molly. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope they feel hopeful about possible solutions to how to tackle this problem. That's how I hope they feel. I yeah, love that. I definitely think so we'll important. take that away for sure. Mark, how about you? Uh, I would say I hope kids feel curious coming out of this and wanting to ask questions and having that sparked with them. And I think as as adults, um, adults spend a lot of time telling kids how to, you know, develop relationships and be nice to people and stuff like that. But I think this book sort of hopefully will do a good job at um, personifying the earth and like having those, those ideas transfer to like giving more empathy to the earth too. Yes, it's a friendship story. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and and plus having a having a if I had a friend like Earth, <laughs> like even, <laughs> even with like one one thousandth of the of the super cool things that Earth can do, like <laughs> I would be at their house all the all the time. Mark, I you do so have a friend perfect. like Earth. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sandin, uh, what do you hope they feel or learn when they read this book? Well, Molly kind of and Mark both took the ideas I had. So I just hope that kids see the page where they're cleaning up the beach and think that sounds fun. Let's have a beach day where we clean up and they turn it into a competition and it's parents versus kids. And at the end they weigh and say who got the most trash and the winner gets to pick where they go to dinner. That's what I hope they do. Cause that sounds fun. <laughs> I love it. That's a brilliant idea. Okay, That's everyone, idea. you got to go out and do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely. Can I, can I add one more thing too? Of course. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of things we talk about how kids can do in this book. But, you know, we tried to weave subtly in there and in the back matter about how, like, bigger systemic change is needed. Because it's not all about just individuals. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope kids are a little bit activated to, like, write to companies and write to government and, like, do those kind of bigger things, too, in addition to having a fun beach park. A big thank you to Molly, Mark, and Sandin for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Earth Friend Forever. Check out the show notes to learn more about Molly, Mark, and Sandin and their Brains On podcast. Don't forget to follow this podcast so you won't miss an episode and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking! 
Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.